And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners, you're very welcome to another We Are Me podcast with David Wilson and Mickey Brennan. Um, on this week's We Are Me podcast, we have a, an absolute bloody jam-packed podcast for you. So we've got an awful lot to get through, Davy, between Leinster club action, the regional championship, the club under 21 hurling and under 21 or under 20 football, new sponsor from EGA, the lotto's on Instagram as always, but we're going to start it off with the All-Stars, Davy. Um, the LGFA All-Stars and a um, little bit perplexed um, to say the least. We're absolutely delighted to have six representatives on this year's All-Ireland um, All-Stars team from the LGFA but we're disappointed that it's only six. There's an awful lot of girls that were overlooked that it just is wrong, it really is. Yeah, I, I suppose what's also wrong is the fact that we're all zoning in on the absentees as opposed to the girls that did get included and we should be talking about them along with the other girls. Like we, for, for all the talk about the girls that aren't there, obviously we we do have six that are in there, which we will mention in a few moments, but it's the it's the high profile absentees. Like, look, at I, I understand the way the All-Stars work. There's always going to be players from the All-Ireland winners that don't get in for whatever reasons and that, but it's it's the fact that I'll pick one thing out of it, right? One of them is obviously Neve O'Sullivan. She was up for Player of the Year, right? She was shortlisted for Player of the Year and she didn't even get an All-Star. Like yeah. that, that is absolutely bizarre. There, there is the whole thing and you, you're going to hear loads about it, the fact that, you know, obviously Orla uh, and Vicky went to play Aussie Rules. Um, Vicky didn't get back for the awards. Orla actually did get back for the awards. Um, Emma Troy went to Australia. She's not playing Aussie rules, but she gets an all-star. So all of a sudden then there is definitely an angle to it. Uh, as much as you don't want to think like that, it, it there has to be. Vicky Wall is, is the best player in the country, in my, in my opinion. Anyway, and I think in a lot of people's opinions. Orla Lally was absolutely outstanding in the midfield. Nevo Sullivan was player of the match in two of the biggest games of the year, up for a player of the year uh award and Mary Kate Lynch I, th- I think has to be mentioned as well like what she's done at full back and you know marking some of the top performers in the game one of whom who actually got into the team and Louise Nemuro Hurtick um, in the final from Kerry and doesn't get one uh, bizarre yeah it, it really is perplexing and and, and you look um, McLaughlin Neve McLaughlin from uh, Donegal got the players player of the year it's not like she was up against Nevo Sullivan in the same position as Nevo Sullivan. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, so you wonder, okay, if, if Nevo Lachlan got player of the year 
and she was up against uh, Nevo Sullivan in the same position. You, you could say, okay, I see what happened there. But for Nevo Sullivan to be, you know, um, nominated for Player of the Year and to not get a, a, an All-Star is just baffling me, so it is. It really is. And, you know, she was absolutely outstanding all year, as was um, Mary-Kate Lynch and Vicky Wall and Orla Lally. And we nearly kind of had them in as, you know, certs for, 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 for All-Stars. Like, how how Mary-Kate Lynch and Nevo Sullivan, because they were two of the most um, consistent players throughout the Ladies Football Championship this year, how they didn't get in is just baffling to me. Yeah, and like, uh, look, fair fair juice to Kerry, right? They got five in it, but at the end of the day, they didn't win it. They, they got well beaten in the final. They end up getting player of the year. Generally, it's an unwritten rule that the, the winners would get player of the year, regardless of how good an individual performer is. Sorry, not Kerry, uh, Donegal in, in McLaughlin. They were in the semi-final. Uh, it, it just, it's just, it was just bizarre. And I think the reaction on social media will tell you all you need to know. And okay, you could say that me, they're biased and everything. I was seeing people from every county, including the likes of Kerry Mayo, who had nominees and, and people in the team. They were perplexed. Dublin, even, you know, our, our most ferocious rival. Nobody could get their head around this. Um, it just, just a really, really strange one. Um, like listen in in most circumstances six is great and you're absolutely buzzing and, and we are buzzing for the girls that did get in and thoroughly deserved but but it's just the four that didn't get in right would have been my four shoe-ins to get yes in. my my exactly what i was yeah. saying along like, along I mean, with others who, who yeah. did get in undoubtedly and that's not just for me that's from across the team but you know here we are yeah like look there's there's no doubting that kerry had an amazing year and nearly did something similar to what Mead did last year, but they didn't. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They didn't go on and win that All Ireland final. Mead, you know, backed it up, did the 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 back to back All Irelands, and showed how good they are. And for for me, there's a number of girls that didn't get in that are absolutely shafted by not being in there. But look, we, we will talk about the girls that did get in. You know, Monica McGurkin goals once again. What a player! What uh, a stalwart she's been um, uh, and a great netminder for me over the last number of years since she decided to take up the Gaelic full-time instead of the soccer. Shauna Ennis, the captain of Mead, you know, ever-reliable, back there doing her job and, you know, always the calm head makes it in at number two. Emma Troy, no doubt about it, number six. Some of the, the things she did, did this year throughout the championship were, you know, nigh on, you know, impossible feats that nobody else would have been able to do. And she was incredible. Avian Cleary at wing back was just so dependable as well, right throughout the year. Emma Duggan was Emma Duggan and just did what Emma Duggan does. And when Mead, Mead's back were against the wall in certain games, she turned up and she uh, got some vital, vital scores. And then Stacey Grimes was just so accurate right throughout the year. Mrs. Dependable on the freeze and, and again, kicked some crucial scores. No doubting all six of them were fantastic and we're so proud of them, Davey. Yeah, no, absolutely delighted for them. And a few of them obviously didn't get All-Stars last year. The likes of Stacey and, and Sean, yeah. to the best of my knowledge. So it was, it was lovely to see them get in. Um, the other elephant in the room is the, the Player of the Year accolade, which we we all felt that Emma Duggan was was uh, was an absolute nailed on certainty for. Didn't get yeah. it either. Uh, yeah, it's it, 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 look, it is disappointing. There's no way of sugarcoating it at the end of the day. We're, we're thrilled for the six, but 
realistically we feel there's another three possibly four that missed out and uh that'll leave us our taste i think davy it leaves more questions than answers do you know um about the whole way that these um uh, all-stars are picked you've already kind of referenced you know the fact that okay we lost two of our major players Earl Lally and uh, Vicky Wall to Aussie rules and neither of them got an all-star um and as you said Emma Duggan went out to Australia but came back and didn't play Aussie rules out there and got her all-star so or Emma Troy, sorry. Well, well, Emma Troy, but no, sorry, she didn't come back. She she's still oh, she over didn't in Australia. Come, she's still no. over there, but she's yeah, not yeah, playing yeah. Aussie rules. No, exactly. Yeah. But Orla Lally, who is playing Aussie rules, yeah. came back for the event. <laughs> didn't get an all star. Uh, there there is definitely something more to that. It, there has it's to so, be. That's it's so it's so disappointing because we've been championing the, the LGFA for the last number of years. We've been working with them on different things and whatever, and. For us, it just leaves a sour taste in the mouth, as you said. And, you know, you'd love to find out what's behind it, because if everybody else in the country is going on social media, not just me, people, and uh, throwing the roar in and saying, whoa, hang on a second, how does A, B and C not get an all-star? You know, it's not but like... That's, that's what I can't understand, Mickey, because you know yourself, if you're on a selection committee for, for picking these, surely one person is going to stand up and say, actually, hang on, lads. I think Vicky Wall needs to be in. Now, maybe this did happen and they still went ahead and did it. But like, to me, there's just, uh, I presume there's a five or six person selection committee and it, it would be just very unusual for this not to come up before the actual awards were announced. But yeah, here we are. Um, It's it's, it's nearly so blatant, isn't it? That it's, um, you know, because they're, it's it's extremely blatant. It's it, it ha- like there has to be something behind it because you know if one of them didn't get in or something like that then you'd have maybe uh, uh reason to believe that okay there was some other way or reason but when you see the players that didn't get in i'm still i'm i'm still flabbergasted at nevo sullivan i'm devastated for the girl uh, you know what an unbelievable year she had and you know last year was close to being the player of the match in the all-ireland final this year was the player of the match in the All Ireland final. You know, it's I don't know. It's it's and, and she didn't go to Australia. <laughs> she should have went to Australia. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's I don't know. Yeah, well, look, we are look. We're over the moon for Monica, Shauna, Emma Troy, Avian Cleary, Emma Duggan, and Stacey Grimes. We really are. We're so proud of you. We're proud of everybody. We're proud of all the ones that were nominated that didn't get. They're all stars and maybe should have, but uh, that is the all stars this year for the LGFA. And uh, let's hope that it, you know, puts a bit more hunger into the mead ladies to uh, go out and do a three in a row next year and uh, prove them all wrong and and see how many all stars they can get next year. But incredible stuff from our girls, and we are so proud of them. They have been unbelievable um, heroes and role models for all boys and girls across the whole county for the last couple of years, Davy. Yeah, they've been absolutely sensational. And uh, listen, I think I think it probably illustrates how far me they've come that we're sitting here talking about six All-Stars and, and not pleased. And rightfully so, by the way, but I feel aggrieved that we haven't got nine or ten. And I think that will show you where me they've come to versus where they were at three or four years ago. Yeah. Do, do you fancy a pint of Ireland's Edge, Davy? do you? 
Not really, no. Are you sure? <laughs> it's not bitter, like. <laughs> Anyways, uh, look, delighted for the girls that did make the All-Stars team and devastated for the girls who didn't. But in our eyes, they are all All-Stars without a shadow of a doubt. We're going to move on now to the Leinster club action from the weekend that involved three Mead teams for the first time ever in semi-finals of the Leinster Junior Intermediate and Senior Championship. We're going to start on Saturday, Davy, and uh, we're going to go to Netwatch Cullen Park. I think it was at 1.30 on Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. You were down in Netwatch Cullen, Cullen Park covering this for LMFM. Castleton got the victory, 10 points to Clonmore, and Clonmore, 7 points, Davy. Three-point win could have been more. You know, they could have gone ahead and scored a few more points in the latter stages of that game, but we'll be delighted to come out of uh, uh, Carlow with the win uh, nonetheless. And passed an extremely tough test in doing so, yeah. Like, yeah. And I think I think that'll really stand them in good stead. And, and Vettel, um, it was a very good Clonmore side, one that really never let Castletown pull away at any stage of the game, despite the fact they had men sent off and black carded at different times of it. But it's a huge, huge win for Aidan Young's side, like for them to reach their first ever interprovincial final. Um, back-to-back wins now in the Leinster Championship, two away from home. That's character building. It, like it just shows the quality and also the fact that I know we talk about it all the time that Ross and Cribben to a large extent did get wrapped up and they still found a way to win the game I, I think that's uh, it's, it's just a brilliant brilliant victory for them uh, to grind it out in the fashion that they did um, superb achievement yeah it is indeed absolutely incredible stuff Davey um, Castletown now go on to face St Abbans of Adamstown of Wexford next Am I right in saying that that's a home venue for uh, for for Castleton? No, it, all the talk was that it, it would be, but unfortunately it's going to be an away game. So it's going to be three consecutive away games for Castleton and they're going to have to travel down to Wexford in two weeks for that final. Um, disappointing because I think they love it in Nav and they've had a great record there in recent times anyway. And uh, after two really tough, uh, grueling away battles in Ockram and Carlo, they would have felt that they were good value for a home game, but no, it's going to be down in Wexford. Yeah, there was talk that it was going to be in a home victory, a home game for whoever won that. Mm. Uh, that, that was that was yeah, that was what everybody was was. Do we, the do, we, do we know why or what? No, no idea. No. Well, uh, Castletown have uh, co- uh, they've won their semi-final and booked themselves a, a final spot. As Davy said, it's going to be away to St. Albans of Adamstown, Wexford uh, in two weeks' time. We will be doing a full review of all of the Leinster Club action from last weekend on our Loyal Royals podcast. Um, we have interviews from the Castleton camp with Aidan Young, Shane Hoy and Owen Reid. And also from the Rathout camp, we have Shane Kelly from the management team. We'll also be doing our regional review um, which saw Boyne Valley getting the better of Tara in the regional championship final that was played on Sunday afternoon. And we have a whole host of interviews from that one as well. The inaugural Dioralite um, regional championship, which has been a massive success, the final played in Dunhamore Ashman. We're going to go back to Leinster now for the moment, Davy. Uh, at the same time as your game in Clonmore, or in Carlow against Clonmore, Dunshockland were taking on Cooley Kickhams um, of, of Loud in Park Tolchin and Navan, and they got. Quite a convincing win, 14 points to 6 against Cooley Kickhams. All the talk in the lead-up to this game was that Cooley Kickhams were going to reel in Dunshockland and uh, reel in the favourites. And there was big talk um, across social media that 
this Cooley Kickham side were going to really give their fill of it to Dunshockland, but Dunshockland put in probably their best 40 minutes um, uh, of football that we've seen this year. Usually they finish strong. It was they did all their work in the first 40 minutes. I think they only got one score in the last 20 minutes of that game, but all the damage had been done for Dunshockland at that stage. Yeah, to an extent, because there were only three points in front at halftime. It was eight points yeah. to five, but they, they reeled off five points I think in the in the in the third quarter basically without response yeah. and that was the difference it I think it always felt like a damage limitation job with Cooley and to be fair did well to hold on to John Chocolin's coattails for as long as they did uh, former county man Brian White really to a large extent sort of kept them in it with, with a few frees and marks and stuff but uh John McDonough, once again, he's been absolutely brilliant in recent weeks. Kicked four points from play. Matthew Costello, absolutely outstanding as well. Those two were two of the catalysts for Dunshockland. Um, and in the absence of Luke Mitchell, who, by the way, didn't start, which is really interesting, having been taken off in the at halftime the last day, we would have thought that that would have been the sort of uh the the bit of a kick that he needed to come back in and and you know but they they resisted that they, he only came on with 15 minutes to go and uh just shows that the Richie Keeley and his management team aren't afraid to make these big calls it, it's business as usual for Dunshockland that's just what they do they grind these wins out they they make it look routine without looking absolutely spectacular and so far Mickey they're justifying their odds on tag for the Leinster Championship in some style yeah, they really are. And um and to keep Cooney Kickens to a solitary point in that second half as well, Davy. Um incredible stuff from uh Oshin Foley and Cole in the back line. They're they're absolutely incredible. They but they're getting better and better at this, Mickey. Even the last day, like we we seen what they did in the second half of that game as well, uh, against Bally Teague. So it's extraordinary. It really is so watertight, not just with points, but like with with conceding goals. When's the last time they conceded a goal? I, I can't remember, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and also Patrick Johnson, who scored 1-3 or 1-4 in their uh, quarterfinal win for Cooley Kickhams and was their top marksman all year. Didn't score. Yeah, we talked about him. He was the danger yeah. man. If you wrapped him up, we we had a feeling Brian White would probably come in. I think there was an injury, which is why he started instead of coming on. But we, we knew that if he was nullified... Cooley would be nullified and that's a, a comfortable victory for Dunshockland. And Dunshockland march on now to the final and they will also face off against Wexford opposition in St. Moog's of Feathered. Davy, do we know the, the uh, venue for that one? Or is it going to be a double header down in Wexford Park in two weeks' time? It's looking like that, yeah. It's it's away, unfortunately, as well. Uh, now, that would make too much sense probably to do a double header and it would certainly... Be a great. I'd be happy if it was. I understand Castletown will probably still feel aggrieved that they want the game up in uh, up in Navan or wherever. But I think for Mead supporters who would travel down, I think it would be something. The only thing is probably the Castletown game would be at something like twelve or half twelve on the Saturday, which is incredibly early and would probably merit an overnight stay or something down in Wexford because it would be such an early start for them. But, but we'll see. It, it, it's a it's a good it's a good problem to have, Mickey. It it is like. Yeah, it really is. But um, incredible stuff anyway from Dunshockland booking their place in that uh, uh, junior intermediate final. And a brilliant day it's going to be um, uh, having Castleton and Dunshockland or brilliant weekend, depending on how they uh, spread out those fixtures. But Castleton and Dunshockland um, booking their places in finals. Davy, we're going to move on to the last one. Two out of three ain't bad in the famous words of Meatloaf. And uh, it was Rathod who 
well, I won't say let us down, but the let down and accumulator will just say of mean teams. Uh, losing out to the downs of Westmead by a solitary point in Crow Park. 17 points to two goals and 12 in favour of the downs. And that old adage, goals win games. Yeah, yeah. And look at on paper, this was always likely to be the, the trickiest of the three assignments for the Mead clubs. And, and so it proved. Um, the, the goals, which were sloppy. You know, from yeah. a retort standpoint, I think, and, and that's what will really disappoint them—the way in which the downs sive through them, you know, on a couple of different occasions and um, took full advantage. They they did it on another a couple of occasions, but in fairness, retort uh, had some last stage defending, and and it was just the fact that retort played in spurts and still nearly got something out of the game. Like they kicked three or four points in injury time in the first half, got themselves level at half time. And then they kicked, what was it, five of the last six points in the last 10 minutes of the game, albeit when downs were down to 14. But even so, if if they could have uh, had a more consistent performance across the 60 minutes, then I don't think, the, I think they probably would have won the game. But but overall, in, in my opinion, the downs were the better side across the hour plus. And I, I don't think... I personally don't think anybody could really argue with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know you, you'll in, find a way of arguing. And, no, no, like, no, you're getting that in because we, before we, we, we went on air, we were, we were arguing about that, so you're getting your all in first. But, uh, no, look, I see exactly what you're saying. Um, I think that their two goals came at brilliant times. Um, and if it, it, the timing of their two goals, if you wanted to get goals during a game, you'd be looking to get them at the times where the Downs did get them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, to be fair to Retoat, after the first goal, they bounced back really well and they yeah. picked those three or four points just before half time. And I suppose similarly then in the second, when the second one went in, they did they did kick on again, but they just left themselves short. They had a few poor, poor wides as well, Retoat in the second half when they were on top. Yeah. Um the other thing that I, I found I found a little bit perplexing was it was the kickouts. Retold seemed to want to persist in going short all the time. They were caught for maybe one, two, one, three from that. Yeah. Whereas when they went long, they absolutely dominated the midfield sector. Um, now I know that was probably Shackles' off job towards the latter stages, but when you've Keith McCabe, Jack Flynn, Dahi McGowan out around the middle of the field, Jesus, utilize them. Um, I have to say. Dahi and, and Jack Flynn in particular in the, in the second half, all throughout the game, actually. They yeah. were absolutely outstanding, the pair of them. Um, but I just felt Rateau could have could have tested the downs a little bit more had they went longer more often. But, you know, yeah, hindsight and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the unforced errors that will uh, haunt them um, because they did gift um, scores to the downs, whereas they had to work so hard for their own scores down the other end of the field. You know... I know, I know what you're saying that the downs probably over the hour. I don't, I still don't know about that. I just think that the goals that they got were really well uh, timed goals and just were kind of like knives in the heart. Left a little bit of time for Rathod to maybe go at them, but not enough. And they did have their chances to draw level um, towards the end of the game, but it just wasn't to be. I thought that, as you mentioned, Jack Flynn, Dahi McGowan, I thought were brilliant. I thought Kieran O'Farry was brilliant as well, ever uh, available for the ball uh, throughout, maybe tired a little bit in the second half, but he was making some marauding runs in that first half, Davy, and was on an awful amount of ball. Yeah, yeah, well, I wouldn't have said he had his strongest of games than myself, but um, yeah, there you go, everybody has different opinions. <laughs> well, on the, on the TV, he was on the ball so much in that first half, um, so he was maybe tired a little bit in the second half, but yeah, look, it wasn't to be, it was 
unlucky for Repote, as we said, we'll be doing a full review of that game over on our Loyal Royals podcast. And um, we do have uh, an interview with Shane Kelly, the Repote man- part of the Repote management team after that game. The Downs will now go on to the Leinster final, where they will face off against that team, you know, the Invincibles, Kilmacud Croaks. And wouldn't it be lovely to see Repote getting a shot at them, Davey? It would have it would have been great, Mickey. Um, it's a pity that it hasn't come to pass because I don't think they were too inspiring themselves. Uh, okay, against the poor Port Arlington side, but I, I, I yeah, I, I think the Downs will give them a good test. I think Retoth would have given them a good test as well. So hopefully, the Downs and Retoth's absence can give them a good run for their money. Have you barely the patience to listen to a thirty-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. Auto mower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, Contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto mower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Meath. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin and Sons. If you need any more information on the automower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Meath. Okay, Davey, we're going to move on now, anyway, uh, to the Dioralite Regional Championship final that took place on Sunday in Dunamore, Ashburn. And you were again uh, on duty for this one, Davey, with LMFM. And uh, a meeting of the two teams from Group A, the top Group A, Boyne Valley against Tara. Tara did beat Boyne Valley by a solitary point in the group stages, but Boyne Valley got their revenge in the final. If you're going to win a game, you may as well win the final. And um, they, you know, they put them to the sword. A ten-point victory in the end for Boyne Valley, two eleven to Tara's seven points. Yeah, it was just a step too far for Tara. It, it was a weird dynamic going into the final in that, obviously, as you say, Tara had beaten Boyne Valley. They were the only team left in the competition with a hundred percent record. But Boyne Valley, on the back of what happened in the respective semi-finals, went into this game as favourites, and they justified that tag, Mickey, um, with, with a comfortable and pretty facile victory in the end. And I suppose similar to the Downs and Retoth, that the two goals were huge catalysts for Boyne Valley, the first of them being the key one, just on the stroke of halftime. There's only a point between the sides at that stage. James O'Hare uh, came out of nowhere, really, finished to the net. They had the breeze in the second half, and, and they were... Uh, they were really savvy with it, you know. They kicked the scores when they presented themselves. And to be fair, Tara kept at it, but they never really could penetrate uh, Boyne Valley with, with any given authority. Credit to Boyne Valley. They've got better and better and better as the competition has wore on. I suppose that culminated in the semi-final victory that you've seen the other night yeah. against Lock Crew, And maybe gave them the confidence to just go on and finish the job there today. Yeah, and that, that maybe that they were sore as well from the fact that they lost to Tara by a solitary point in the group stages. Davy, my biggest conundrum with this is where did they go celebrating? Is it in Bective? Is it in Waterstown? Is it in Slane? Or is it in Rakenny? I was just walking off with Cotlow Brick after interviewing him, uh, which we'll hear in the Loyal Royals. And I, I said, geez, you know, you are off somewhere or where he's off to. And he said, I think they were having food in Ashburn. And I think Keith Curtis was encouraging him and all the the players back to Rakenny. I suppose he is the captain, so that's absolutely fair. Maybe that's generally the way it works with county teams. So 
Um, I'm sure they'll have a great night wherever they go. In, Absolutely. In Boyd I, wonder, Valley. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to Lacken over there in Kenny. It'll be interesting yeah. to to, to Lock, see. Yeah. But or is it gone to Gorman Lock between Slane and and Radkenny? It's yeah. a it's a it's it's a bit of a conundrum for them. But as you said, or maybe they're going to take four days off work daily and they'll do a day in each area. So well, it there. wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't <laughs> surprise me with some of those fellas. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it's been it, the the one thing we have to say is that it's been a huge success, Davy. The, the regional championship has been brilliant. It has. It has absolutely. I think the players and management have absolutely loved it. There is that common. Uh, belief out there that maybe the timing of it needs to be tweaked ever so slightly, maybe to the start of the year, um, which I get because of the fact that there's an awful lot of under-20 football happening at the minute. You still have teams in provincials. You have teams coming off the back of a long, hard year. So I think even just from a player welfare perspective, I think the start of the year could, could be a better alternative. But for this year, great to get it off the ground. Great to see it being a success and loads to build on. Yeah, yeah, and, and well done to everybody involved in organising it because the amount of work that went in behind the scenes to get this off the ground, Davy, um, is absolutely huge. And to everybody involved, um, you know, well done. Absolutely, Conor O'Donoghue um, and everybody else who really, you know, put in Trojan work and just getting it getting out there, getting people persuaded because there was a lot of naysayers at the start. You'll remember, like, this is in the pipeline for a couple of years now and obviously due to COVID, that didn't help. But uh, full credit to them for getting it getting it through, the sponsors, uh, everything that went along with it. And indeed, has to be said, the managements who have, who have been absolutely brilliant in each of the different regions as well as the players, uh, that's all helped contribute to a hugely successful tournament. And uh, did you see Colm O'Rourke there, there today, Davey, of course? He um, was a keen uh, uh, man advocate, on the sideline. Yeah. yeah, a keen advocate of it and a keen man on the sideline watching it. But of course, he was kicking a point for Shamey. Um, he yeah. ended up having to have a couple of goes at it. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Uh, I, did, didn't, I didn't know. Did you see that? But uh, yeah, he, he, <laughs> I was going to say never lost it, but he kind of has lost it. Um, <laughs> but no, he was there and, and obviously keeping a close eye on proceedings. And, and we can look forward to that All-Stars game now as well. So it'll be very interesting to see who's picked from the regional championship and also how they perform against the Mead selection as well. That's going to be a game to look forward to in a few weeks. Yeah, and what I'd love to see is that anybody involved in the regional championship, if they're a part of the Mead panel, that they stay with the Mead panel and give other lads a chance to go in as all-stars um, to to play against Mead. So that'll be really interesting. Do stay tuned to our social media because as soon as that comes out, we are going to be um, letting everybody know. But um, yeah, kudos to everybody involved with the regional championship. It's been a massive, massive success. Moving on to the club results, Davy, and uh, as you mentioned already, under-20 football going on and under-21 hurling, and uh, we're going to start with the hurling results from the under-21B hurling championship. Yeah, uh, final round action coming your way on the weekend, and St. Pat's got a walkover against Drumree in the first of the games. Dunham Rashburn in the second of the games got a walkover from Ratoth, and in the final one, there was a landslide victory for Navin O'Mahony's against Wolf Tones, 3-20 to two goals and six for the Wolf Tones. So what that means for the table is Dunham Rashburn topped the group with uh, five wins from five, ten points. Uh, Navin O'Mahony's also progressed through with them with eight points in second. Yeah, we, we think it's just straight through to a final. There's no semi-finals in the under-21B Hurling Championship. Only five teams in that, six teams in that one. Yeah, almost sure of that, but yeah. And and just just in case it does matter, St. Pat's finished in third and in fourth was Drumree on four points as well. So, yeah. 
yeah, just in case. Um, in the under-21A Hurling Championship, uh, the results from uh, Sunday, all these games played on Sunday, and they all went ahead. Nafina 4-8, St. Peter's Dunboyne 3-7, a four-point victory there for Nafina. Rathmaline 2-16, Lockrew Gales, Gail Column Kill, three goals and five. So uh, big win there for Rathmaline under-21s. And then uh, Kiltail 2-7, Dundry one goal and six, a four-point victory there for Kiltail over the table toppers which was Dundry. So looking at the results from this one, um, the way the table lies is Dundry and Ratmaline have four wins and a loss and both on eight points at the top of the table. St. Peter's Dunboyne have four points, Kiltail have four points, La Crew Gales, uh, Gail Cullum Kill have two points and they Kiltail and La Crew Gales have four games played. So I'm um, not sure if that final game will be played. If it is semi-finals, that one will have to be played because uh, Kiltail or Lockwood, Gail Colin Kill uh, could both be in that semi-final. It could come down to score difference because there's three. there could be three teams on four points. But the way it is, Dundry and Ratmaline top the table with eight points. Uh, St. Peter's Dunboyne and Kiltail are next on four points if there is to be semi-finals. So we'll move on then to the under-21 Hurling Championship uh, Premier Division. Yeah, first game up on Sunday was between Kilmessen and Retolt, and there was a very narrow victory for Kilmessen, 2-12 to 3-8. That's 18 points to 17, so a one-point victory for Kilmessen in that one. Trim got a walk over against their neighbours, Clannagale, and in the final game played, there was a victory for Kaline Longwood. They defeated Kildalki, 1-16 to 1-8. And what that means for the table is Trim, as a result of their uh, walkover win, end up finishing top of the tree with eight points from the five games, three wins, two draws. Also with three wins and two draws is Kaline Longwood, eight points. Uh, Kilmessen are in third with six, Retolt in fourth with four, Kildalki fifth with three, and bottom of the table is Clannagale, which is one point from their five games. Yeah, well, we're going to move on now to the under-20 football championship. We're going to start in uh, Group B of the under-20 D championship. Five teams in this one. And the only game down for decision uh, was Slain against Dunshockland, but Slain got the walkover from Dunshockland. Of course, they were in Leinster uh, club action, and that means that Slain are gone to the top of the table with eight points. Uh, Clan McGale are in second with six points from their four games. Then Longwood and Beliver both on two points of three games played. By the looks of things, uh, well, it is actually that that um, group is decided because Slain and Clan McGale will proceed to the semi-finals and uh, they will be facing off against first and second from Group A, Davey. Yeah, and first game uh, didn't actually happen on Saturday. Jenkinstown Gales received a walkover from St. Michaels, who were already out of contention. Uh, Rakenny recorded a 3-8 to 2-4 victory against St. Colum Kill's second string, and Dunham Ashburn also got a walkover from Ratot, who were, in fairness, out of contention as well going into this. So what it means is Rakenny and Jenkinstown progress 10 points and 8 points respectively. In third was Dunham Rashburn with six. Column kills were fourth with four. St. Michael's second from bottom with two. And Retold finished bottom with no points from their five games. And the semi-finals of the under-20D football championship will see Rakenny playing Clan Gale and it will be Jenkinstown Gales against Slane. So we'll move on up to the under-20C football championship. And uh, I think we had semi-finals down for decision in this one, Davey. We did indeed, Mickey. Two games played on Saturday and two uh, 
I suppose, eyebrow-raising results because St. Vincent's Curaha had a four-point victory over Wolf Tones, 1-9-8. to Michal McDermott's last game in charge of Wolf Tones um, would have would have expected them to be pretty close based on what I've seen a few weeks ago, but that's some win for the Vincent's Curaha combination. And in the other game, and also uh, an eye-catching result in that Bechtov Dunsany, who came from the same group as Wolf Tones but didn't actually finish top, recorded a 113-28 to victory over any Gales of North Mead. So another, uh, I suppose, an eye-catching result. So basically the two second-place teams ended up winning their respective semi-finals, which is interesting. Yeah, it really is. And Bechtov uh, uh, Dunsany, two-point victory over any Gales there, as you said, the North Mead contingent. We'll move on then to the under-20A Football Championship and again semi-finals on Saturday. It was Kilbride 2-14, St. Pat's one goal and seven. So Kilbride, who didn't feature um, in the regional championship very much because most of their players were under 20, um, have uh, are delighted to be true to the f- final of the under 20A uh, competition. And they will be facing off against Dulik Bellustown, who got the better of St. Peter's Dunboyne, three goals and eight to St. Peter's Dunboyne's one goal and five. So two convincing victories there for Kilbride and Dulik Bellustown, Davy. Yeah, and two up-and-coming really good young sides as well who have a whole host of players playing with their adult team. Don't think that's at all a surprise. They put a lot into it at underage level, and I think that'll be an absolutely terrific final between those two. Yeah, well, indeed. And uh, finally, Davy, we'll go to the under-20 Premier Division, let's just call it. Yeah, absolutely. The creme de la creme. First semi-final up, Dunham Ashburn 4-6 in Column Kill. Six points of the four goals being the difference there for Dunham Ashburn against uh, St. Column Kills, who have dominated at minor. So that's an eye-catching result as well. And in the other one, what a victory for Trim. I think this could be their first ever final uh, at, at top grade. They defeated their neighbour, Summerhill, two goals at six to seven points on Saturday. An absolutely massive win for Owen O'Connor's men. Yeah, all's well in trim on the hurling and football front. I know a couple of weeks ago I may have said on the podcast, Davy, that maybe trim is more of a hurling club than a football club. Well, they're proving me wrong, that's for sure, on all levels now because they're competitive at the top end of hurling and football in all underage grades and now at senior level as well. Yeah, and I have a little bit of breaking news on trim, Mickey. Uh, fresh out this evening, Kevin Riley has resigned as trim manager. Uh, that news just breaking this evening. So uh, another huge addition to the managerial merry-go-round. I was just about to, I had marked it down on my page in front of me, Davy, to, ma- to mention the managerial merry-go-round because since our last podcast on the managerial merry-go-round, there's been an awful lot more clubs that have lost management teams. But there's been a lot of clubs that have filled uh, uh, spots. And we'll have to come back to that maybe next week um, and have a look at that. We'll take out the spreadsheet and we'll go through all the teams that had no management. And we will put in the ones that have filled the places. And we will have a look at the teams that we thought had management, but have since lost their management. <laughs> it's 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 never ending, that manager in America, and it really is. And there's some real tasty rumours out there uh, doing the rounds as well so we hopefully we'll have a little bit more meat on the bones by this time next week yeah absolutely well we'll definitely come back to that next week do not miss the managerial merry-go-round podcast next week it is always very very entertaining and we love 
to um you know talk about the rumors that are out there as well it's nearly like an episode of coronation street and eastenders mixed into one so do stay tuned for that one davy um we'll move on anyway so that is the club results from under 20 football and under 21 hurling uh, looked at now but we're going to talk about something a little bit different the new sponsor for the mead senior football team is of course Bective stud noel and valerie moran taking over from devonish and uh you know they've been huge uh, uh in mead mead circles for the last number of years and are getting their chance to i suppose support that senior team they've been supporting underage they've been doing loads behind the scenes for mead ga and now they're going to be front and center on on the new mead jersey yeah absolutely incredible um as you said the investment that they've already pumped in i suppose at grassroots level if you like at underage level uh, is now going to be increased quite significantly with the sponsorship of the Mead Senior Football Team. And uh, that, that's absolutely brilliant news. I think uh, Devonish were terrific sponsors for as long as they were there. And, I mean, everybody had Bechtov stood as the, the name on their lips when the the sponsorship became available. But full credit to Noel and Valerie for stepping in and, and taking it on and hopefully pushing Mead to the next level. I think I think it just kind of builds on what's really happened in the last couple of weeks with obviously Colm coming in, new management team, the regional championship, buzz of excitement around it, new sponsor now. We're going to have a new jersey at some stage, uh, whether we have it by Christmas or not. That's that's up for decision. But uh it it me me G is in a good place at the minute, Mickey. And on the back of what the clubs are doing as well, it has yeah. to be said. Like we I know we have two out of our three uh, provincial teams in the final. You've trim next weekend in an intermediate semi-final against Tullamore as well, it has to be said. So it's it's all very healthy at the moment, touchwood. Yeah, there's there's a real good feel feel good factor about the place at the minute. And as you said, on the back of what's happening with the three teams in Leinster and, and of course with Hope we're very unlucky but uh losing out in that semi final. But you know, to have three meet teams um winning their first round and quarter finals of the Leinster Club Championship was absolutely uh huge. And with the regional championship going so well, you know, there's there's lots of positivity coming out, Davy. It's it's all positive, uh, thankfully. Hopefully, it'll stay that way, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have to have a look. And speaking of which, we'll have to have a look at the Allianz Football League uh, fixtures as well for 2023 in a couple of weeks' time, Davy. Yeah. Another podcast to look out for because, of course, there's that is going to be an absolute war zone in uh, the Allianz League Division Two with all of the local derbies, Loud, Dublin, and Kildare in there, Davy, and then of course. Derry, um, last year's uh, Ulster champions being part of Division Two, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. And I suppose there's the 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 spectators or the the followers or the supporters of Mead football, we probably have to give them a, a rude awakening. While it's all positive, we're going to have to say, look, let's be realistic here, folks. I think, yeah, there will definitely have to be a bit of realism about it, but it's something to really look forward to. Like, if oh, you yeah. can't get excited for uh, Dublin, Louds, Kildare, and and others in the league, I think I think you may Cork and pick an, yeah, pick another sport to be honest, because it, it's just fantastic from a me perspective, um, and it's going to roll around fairly quickly. I think the last, sorry, the first round is in the last weekend in January. I think we're away to Cork first, yeah. Uh, down there on the, in the last weekend of January. So we have an O'Brien Cup in the meantime. That's going to have a huge significance as well because it's probably going to be the first real chance we'll have a, you know, get a look at a Colin Morocco Mead team. Um, so that'll take on a, a world of its own relevant to what it normally does, you know. But uh, it's all it's all very exciting, yeah. 
Yeah, it really is. We're looking forward to the start of the intercounty season, which will be coming thick and fast after Christmas. But for now, we're going to move on anyway. Delighted to have the new sponsor, Bechtiv Stud, from Noel and Valerie Moore from uh, Bechtiv or Navin, depending on uh, uh, what's, which side of the fence you lie on. But um, brilliant to have them involved with the Mead uh, set up and to have their name front and centre on the new Mead jersey. So, um, yeah, incredible stuff. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin & Sons, your authorised automower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Meath. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin & Sons. If you need any more information on the automower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Meath. We'll move on, David, to our lotto segment, and I'm sure that all the PROs have been in contact with you. They have indeed, Mickey. The first up is Minolti, and their results from tonight. Hot off the press, €6,000 of a jackpot, not one. The numbers were 9, 14, <laughs> 23, and 25. Three match, three winners collecting €70 Euro each were Geraldine Cahill, John McKenna, and Emily Lynch. The special online prize of €50 Euro goes to Paula McMahon, and next week's draw takes place on Sunday, the 27th of November, with €6,200 up for grabs. Next one is my own Corton GFC, 11,700 from last Friday night, wasn't won. 12, 18, 23, and 30, the numbers. 520 euro winners were Mary Kilgallen, John O'Halloran, Kathleen McNally, Tess and Theo Costello, and Marion Dunn. The next Trolley Dash finalist was Katie Monroe, and we go again with a very appetizing 11,800 euro next Friday night at CortonGA.com forward slash lotto. Navin O'Matney's, their results from the 15th. Uh, they had no winner of their jackpot 10, 11, 28 and 29 the numbers, uh, one match three winner who was Leslie Duffy and the next draw takes place on November 22nd 6,350 euro up for grabs Castletown, they're starting afresh uh, and their results from the 15th of November uh, one thousand euro of a jackpot not one two four seven and 25 the numbers 30 euro lucky dip winners were josie Meehan, nisha young brendan smith patrick kearns jimmy smith and chloe casty manalvi also uh down towards the lower end of it but trying to build up from the bottom four eight nineteen and twenty four the numbers no jackpot winner three twenty euro winners were pat kelly peter bryan and john corcoran they go again on monday night the 21st of november with 1500 of a jackpot at manalvigfc.ie or you can play it on the club force app Drumbara, their results from last week, 5, 18, 19, and 21. 5,000 euro of a jackpot, not one. 30 euro winners were Little John Ford, Anne-Marie Brady, Charlie Lynch, Linda Carey, and Eric Allen. Screen are next in, and their results from the 13th. The numbers were 3, 17, 21, 28. 4,300 euro, not one. Uh, the lucky dip winners were Kieran O'Brien, Pat Brett, Jenny Banks, and Fred and Helen Gilson. From last Sunday night, it's Walterstown. 
13, 15, 24 and 27. No jackpot winner. Uh, there was also no match three winners, which means next draw takes place tonight, Sunday, and is worth 4,100 euro. You can play via Club Force or pick it up an envelope in uh, the clubhouse. Uh, Ball and Lock are next in, and their results from... I actually don't know what date they were from, but their next draw takes place on the 28th. In any such case, the letters drawn were E, K, R, and W, 3,600 euro, wasn't won. Matthew Oliver Brady and Michael McGrain shared the 100 euro match tree prize, and the next draw takes place in the clubhouse. Uh, next one is from Longwood. 9,700 euro of a jackpot uh, wasn't won. There was no jackpot winner, as I said. 9, 11, 15 and 17 were the numbers. The lucky dip winners were Robin and Callum Flynn, Margaret McGrath and Colin Fahey. The next draw takes place on the 21st. And that is it for me, Mickey. No bother, Davey. Well, the two I have are the usual ones from Centristown. Their lotto is €1,200. wasn't won last Monday night. You can do it on smartlotto.ie or go to any of their social media pages. And Simon's Tens draw last Friday the 18th of November. There was no winner. The numbers drawn were 3, 5, 9 and 28. And the match three winners were Helen Farley and Colin Farrell. Not the Colin Farrell. The next... Uh, draw will take place on the 25th and it's 1700 and Davy, I'm not you know I, I do look at those numbers there from the draw and Simonson 3, 5, 9 and 28 and I look at the numbers we do in that lotto and uh, we're one out on all of them so we're getting closer um, and we are going to take home a big big uh, lotto soon enough um, I can guarantee it but that is our lottery uh, our lottos for this week we'll move on to Instagram Davy, and with all of the talk of the the all-stars the leinster club action the regional championship the club under 20 and under 21 hurling i'm sure you've been inundated with instagram there is a nice nice chunk of it and a nice spread across everything as well starting with joey mooney who said both leinster club finals in wexford double header question mark it would make sense yeah, would that's probably what we would said. make too much sense, would it? Yeah, it made too much sense. It'd be like you know choosing the L LGFA All Stars. It's very easy to choose them, but <laughs> too sure. straightforward. Yeah, too straightforward. Why would you do that? Uh, Zach Griffin said Niall Mitchell baller. Yeah, Niall Mitchell was excellent. He was in now. He was he was in and out of the game, but when he was in the game, he he played a huge role in that game, and he's he's a real baller. I know he's a friend of yours as well, Luke Lachlan as well. The two of them, you know, are really really good footballers there's no doubt about it yeah and I, I thought McGill did pretty well on Mitchell yeah. in fairness like and I was chatting to Niall after it and you know I, I kind of warned him uh, without giving him too much <laughs> what what McGill is like as a defender you know the way he, he tries to get the hand in or a foot in and he, he almost tries to beat you to the ball whereas other defenders kind of let it forward win it and and he only realised that after the game he said geez you were right he's, he's extremely uh, brilliant at sort of getting something in, but yeah, he took away his goal. He was he was excellent, um, and he had an awful back spasm from Thursday night on. He was probably lucky to make the game, to be honest with you. But Luke Lachlan was uh, outstanding as well. Uh, Deck F Dunn said Dahi McGowan has to be on the Mead team. Well, he already is on the Mead team. I don't see why he wouldn't be now after what he's done this year. <laughs> yeah, he was on the Mead panel already, so I presume. That uh, as soon as uh, the cobwebs went away on Monday or whatever, that the phone call came in from Colin O'Rourke and Co. But yeah, there's no doubt about it. And Jack Flynn as well. Like you know, you could be looking at our midfield pairing there, 
um, for the Mead team next year. Uh, incredible stuff. Jack Flynn was awesome. Right from the start to finish, he wasn't playing in fits and spurts, I thought. I thought he was involved every couple of minutes and was just awesome for for, for um, Rathod. Yeah, absolutely. Niall Kearney said Barry O'Connell trying to pull off the Martinelli haircut. <laughs> yeah, I saw Barry O'Connell's haircut last week, and uh, yeah, look, he's one of those lads who likes he likes to do something with his hair. Like, and if his dad is out to go by, he may as well do it for for while he can. Do you know? Yeah, but but I think it's probably fair to say when his dad was his age, like I think he was already in a little bit of trouble in that regard. So maybe Barry got got his mom's jeans in, in that sense, hopefully. But yeah, yeah. He likes the way he looks, absolutely. Uh, when his dad was in his prime, he had lovely flowing blonde locks, so he did, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, Pat McMahon said a long time, if ever, that two mead clubs are were in Leinster finals roll on Saturday week. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and as we said, it could have easily been three had Rathout just got, you know, if if they had kept the scoreboard ticking, there, there was too big a periods where they didn't get scores, whereas um, the Downs did get scores in regular intervals, I suppose. And that was probably the thing. They still kicked 17 points. They still put up a massive, massive um, performance. But as he said, Dunshockland and Castleton, when was the last time two meet teams did get through to the Leinster finals? I don't remember it. Do you, no. Davy? We no. have this conversation every week about yeah, remember, no. remembering things and we don't. <laughs> um, Owen Harkett said, Rusty Fox missing for Tara. Uh, Rusty Fox as in Pierre. Mm. Big loss, play? yeah. No, he pulled his uh, hamstring on, yeah, on Tuesday night, yeah. I thought he hurt himself last week and that he was a doubt all right. But um, yeah, huge, huge loss and um, uh, could have been a tighter game had Pierre Fox been there all right. Yeah, Cahill Mooney said Cahill Murphy, all-star. You tell me, Davey. He, he, well, he missed out on our all-stars this year, didn't he? So maybe next year. Yeah, yeah, maybe. You'll never know. Uh, Connor... Sorry, Conor O'Brien, Ardcat, Curaha, under 20s on fire into the final. Great win for them, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, St. Vincent's Curaha, isn't it? Um, it is indeed, yeah. Yeah, um, great, great uh, result for them. And I think we were saying it, they, they finished second in their group. Yeah, they and, did. And uh, yeah. went on to get to the final. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Yeah, a few well questions about uh, the new me jersey. Finn Hanratty said, "When will we see a new me jersey?" And Robert Perfield asked, "Will we see a new me jersey for Christmas?" I'd say so, because um, I know that other uh, county teams have released their jerseys. Or is it maybe a little bit too late? Well, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I'm not sure we will. I don't think you'll you'll be able to have it uh, in your sitting room for Christmas morning. I I I'm not going to absolutely categorically say that, but I I think that that's the realistic. Uh, view on it well what people need to do um well i suppose they can't even do that i was going to say why don't you get the the we are mead all-stars jersey uh, well they'll hopefully can't. be getting that in the next few weeks <laughs> hopefully <laughs> absolutely yeah they're doing is right yeah but um looking forward to that actually yeah looking forward to yeah 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 and see and seeing the jerseys and, and and the whole lot like and you know um maybe maybe that's what the county board are doing is waiting to get their uh jersey so they can have a look at it and maybe you know go with a similar design Mm. Susan Farrell asking when can we expect Davy's exclusive interview with the bronze Adonis to drop absolutely Davy. I saw the pictures on Instagram you and the bronze Adonis Steve Beaton um, in Navin Racecourse and I've never seen uh, a smile like it you were like the cat that got the milk you know a Cheshire cat all those uh, 
different uh, um, comparisons. But uh, yeah, I, I think you know you were you were excited to see him. Let's just say. Yeah, he was excited to see me as well. But uh, it's not often, as you know, Mickey, that I'm lost for words. But I was struggling to get them out when I was talking to Steve. Um, it just, was, just a culmination of things, really. <laughs> it was very difficult to see which of you uses more uh, tan, um, because both of you were like two bronze Adonis's standards. Yeah, well, well, that's what I said. I said back to Susan there. I said uh, it's it's all about the top ten tanning tips for for next summer with, with Steve and myself. But <laughs> it was I, totally I both, of, both of us need a bit of sun now. He was looking unusually pale as well, and. He's got his 32nd World Championship to look forward to in a month's time, so we better get it on soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was delighting, Davey. Just blame the lighting. Probably, yeah, yeah. That's what I always do anyway. Um, Joe McQueenie said, has anybody new from the Regional Championship put their hands up for the county? Oh, absolutely. A number of players I thought that they were excellent throughout, Davey. And, you know, Dylan Garrigan is one that just sticks out in my mind there. Con Smith, I thought, was excellent and could be worth a, a yeah. real um, a chance in there. Um, you know, I, I like Cahill McConnell. I think he's, yeah, he's got McConnell. an awful lot going for him. I, I think one of the players that we mentioned already, Barry O'Connell, has serious yeah. amount too, like in, in terms of what he could do. Um, yeah, I, th- I think there was a whole host, and maybe I think I think that game is going to be crucial for anybody who does get picked to play in it. That's that's such a massive opportunity to go and, and perform on that sort of stage. Um, it'll do them the world of good. So we'll we'll see who makes it, first of all, because that's going to be an excellent barometer for who we think might just go on from that then. Yeah, we might have a look back at the regional championship as well on a podcast, Davey, and talk about the players that stood out because just being put on the spot there with that question, I know there's a whole host of players that I was really impressed with throughout that championship. Um, probably would be a good exercise to, to have a look back over it. Absolutely. Uh, next up is Denise Farley. She said Castletown for Leinster. Ah, Castletown, just class. Um, absolutely incredible. I'm absolutely over the moon for them. Um, you know, great bunch of lads as well. And uh, yeah, I met just... them. I met them on the M9 actually on the way home. Uh, they had a bus, <laughs> and and a couple of them came in. It was a Circle K, uh, and a couple of them bought big bottles of wine. <laughs> <laughs> and they were they're obviously they were, going home to have dinner with their loved yeah ones. yeah exactly some of them just couldn't <laughs> wait though and they were opening it no glasses needed but you know absolutely deserved uh full credit to them uh andy smith uh, hitting the nail on the head obviously as as we've talked about in length already and he said the lgfa all-stars was a farce absolutely <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna there's no way of buttering it up um, the, yeah there's no way of buttering it up and you know, we'd be close to an awful lot of people in the LGFA, and I'm really disappointed. I don't know. They're going to have to have a look, sit back and have a look at this. And, and no, obviously, we don't want them to change them. You can't be doing that, like, or whatever. But they have to have a look at it and say, hold their hands up and, and you know, say, yeah, maybe we got this wrong. But they won't do that. No, that's that's it. Uh, Sean Fitzgerald said, Owen O'Connor's under-20s march on. If Owen O'Connor's not careful, he's going to get the trim job proper. <laughs> with what well, he's doing. Now, I think Darryl Darryl, yeah, Darryl Lynch and, and Fergal Lynch are actually part of the ticket as well. But I think Owen is the is the front uh, for them all. But th- what a job they're doing. Yeah, he's he, he's the he's the front man. He's he's the guy with the microphone singing the songs. The other boys are the backing singers, um, and whatever. But uh, and Ferg, Ferg Lynch with a with a history, uh, um, in 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 singing in bands. You know, you think he'd be front and center, but 
he's letting the young pretender go go ahead. But not, not yeah. like Fergal not to be front and center. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That, that's true as well. <laughs> that's a message for you, not for me. Uh, I'm not getting involved in that one. But um, absolutely, yeah, like brilliant for Mon O'Connor and, and the trim under twenties, and uh, you know, with with that vacancy in uh, trim now that uh, Kevin Riley has left you never know they might just bring them up to take over that uh, senior team who knows watch this no, case another man who's been front and centre in recent weeks he's been on uh, absolutely everywhere every radio station you, you nearly turn on to at the minute is Keith you Keith. Uh, oh no, sorry Keith, I thought no, it was you I, I'm exclusive <laughs> on LMFM Keith Shears but on RT LMFM he's been on the works uh, he, he had his he had his few days of fame there recently why what uh, happened I didn't realise this did, did you not see this no how where have you been? <laughs> Working. Oh, Mickey, you're on Twitter all the time. Like, come on. Uh, so Key Sheeran's to, to bring you really speedily through it. Uh, Key Sheeran's daughter was in a school semi-final a few weeks ago. And as you know, Keith has the, the meet shop over in Doughty's in, in uh, yeah, the film in, station. Uh, yeah. And, it, and it's just himself and another guy. So he, he put up a sign to say he was closing for a few hours during the day so he could go and watch his daughter playing football. And it just exploded. He he wrote that on the sign and somebody took, like, he, sorry, he put a picture, put it up on his social media to say, I'll be closed for a few hours. The fridge is pre-packed with stuff. Help yourself kind of thing. I'll be back at two or three o'clock, whatever it was. And did the whole thing just exploded on social media. So he was on, he was on LMFM. He was on Jerry Kelly. He was on 2FM. He was, it, it was just mad. He just went completely viral with this message. It's just mad the way it happens. And yeah, um anyway he's chipped Class. in with, with, with his instagram interactive and he said regional uh massive success why does davy sound so posh on lmfm <laughs> didn't want to say that to you davy but uh yeah you do put on your um your your saint mead accent uh so you do um when, when you're on really yeah 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 on the radio yeah 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 Jesus, I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't and, uh, do you know you're the complete opposite? Because I I listen to you on Northern South from time to time, and you're absolutely out there. And when you come on to We Are Meads, you're also polished and, and proper. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> oh, I go complete country on it, so I do. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and, and that that's it for Instagram. Good Instagram. Oh. Nice, nice little blend of stuff this week. Yeah, absolutely. And that little key cheering story um, is class and it just epitomizes the man. I I have great time for Keith Sheeran and, um, you know, incredible stuff from him. And yeah, you know, what's more important, selling uh, a, a, a few rashers and sausages or going to watch your daughter playing um, in a schools match? For me, it's a, it's a no brainer. It's uh, close the shop and go to your daughter's football match and yeah, uh, and then to leave that note saying, like, you know, the fridge is pre-packed, just take it to one, let me know later on, whatever. You know, mm. it's just, just epitomises the man. He's a, he's a great guy, Keith. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just looking at a video of Boyne Valley here. My word. Uh, they are celebrating and and well done to them. Albert can you tell us, said. can you tell us where it is? I can't, but... I think a clue is that Waterstown GFC have put it up on Twitter. So would that tell you that maybe it's in Waterstown? I'm not sure. I can't really make it out from the inside either. Oh, uh, I'm looking at it there now. I think they could be in Waterstown's... Uh, well, uh, James O'Hare is topless anyway, so that could be a regular occurrence <laughs> in Rakenny. So I'm, I'm yeah, swinging it around. Looks like some yeah, crack, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm looking at it here, yeah. And uh, yeah, 
the, the numbers are still hard to make out on the back of those jerseys, Davey. <laughs> Both of us looking at the same video. Um, it looks like Boyne Valley are enjoying themselves. The back of Kenny Slane um, and Waterstown contingent. I do think that they're in the pavilion there in Waterstown. Just only out the road from me. I might stick the head out the window after the podcast to see if I can hear them singing. But uh, yeah, incredible stuff from Boyne Valley. And well done, well deserved. I'd say there's going to be great crack wherever they may be in the next couple of days. But look, that's it from this episode of your We Are Mead podcast. Remember, We Are Mead, why matters more.